Hey guys, uh, welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. Pew, pew. Uh, I'm one of your <laughs> three hosts, Jan. <laughs> I'm Dylan. I'm Darius. Uh, if you've never heard this podcast before, or if you're not sure what this is about, uh, we are going to definitively rank in order uh, every single Holodeck episode ever created for Star Trek. Ever created. Yeah. That means... Every episode that has the holodeck involved even, in some way. Even if it's just one scene, we're going to hit it. We're going to start with like episodes that we definitely know have holodeck stuff, but there's going to be some out there that we're going to have to search for, I feel like. It's going to be a journey. And so we're going to do the hard work for people. Yeah. We're going to do the slog for people mm -hmm. so that they don't have to. Come on this journey with us to the holodeck. <laughs> believe these simulations to be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. May enter. <laughs> Uh, so this is our second episode, and uh, we've we've decided to watch the legendary Deep Space Nine episode. Oh boy, our man Bashir, our man Bashir, season four, episode nine. Uh, who's who's a uh, pitch was this? This was my this is my idea. Uh, That's great because I'd seen this episode uh, once before in my like I'm still getting through Deep Space Nine, and I saw this one and was instantly hooked. It's quite an episode, I must say. It's a good one because uh, basically it's Julian Bashir, the doctor on Deep Space Nine, uh, getting to play a James, James Bond, Bond character, like in the 60s. Yeah, it's essentially the, a James Bond episode. Um, and what happens is, uh, what is it, Cisco... Um, and friends. Cisco and friends, yeah, are coming back from like it's a mission. It's Kira, it's Dax, yeah. it's, it's Worf. Uh, Worf. Oh, Worf, yeah. yes. It's all the most, all the <laughs> and, most important people, basically. And O'Brien. Uh, yeah, and O'Brien. It's O'Brien yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, uh, are on a mission on the same runabout. <laughs> and uh, this Cardassian uh, terrorist group is like, this is... A fantastic opportunity to mm. cripple the Federation <laughs> outpost by blowing Murder up one run of people. <laughs> big, <laughs> big win for the Cardassians. Yeah, Starfleet <laughs> in it, its entire history has never figured out really properly how to distribute command structures. Yeah, like seriously. if it was up to Starfleet, the president of the United States and the vice president would be in the same room at all times. <laughs> at, all, at all times. <laughs> Because they need to be there all the time. That's oh, important. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, the, the runabout explodes, but uh, Odo and, uh, oh, I forget his name, the name of the the, bat, the, the engineer. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, he uh, they, they managed to start transporting the entire team back on Deep Space Nine, but then it blows up. And before before they can fully get the pattern down, blah blah. Yeah, blah, and so like the the their their persons are caught in the transporter buffer, and the buffer is starting to like degrade. So they have to yeah. figure out where to put their whole persons, basically in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and like the physical parts are easy. It's the mental pattern that takes up so much data yeah. that they so have they're... to like wipe the whole computer system, basically in deep space nine in order to hold their yeah. mental pattern so yeah, their neural pa patterns or whatever so yeah neural pattern yeah basically what happens is they get blown up they get zapped out right on time but uh their physical patterns get shoehorned into the holodeck because that's the only space that it can be held in and their brains are basically all of deep space nine and yeah. that's where this episode like starts basically where all of like Cisco they keep getting injected into Bashir's like weird fantasy. Yeah, the computer kind of just shoves their physical forms into the holodeck cuz like that's easy. Yeah. Super cool. We'll just put those there. While all this is happening with the blowing up, Bashir is 
running one of his holodeck programs that everyone's curious about because he's been doing it a lot. And it's like this secret agent, James Bond, 1960s holodeck program. Um, and so that's the heat. They end up slotting the physical parts of all of these people on the runabout into the, his story that he's doing. Uh, and for some reason, I don't remember if it's actually, it's never explained. And I think at this point they don't care anymore because it's just such a Star Trek trope. But it's like at one point they're like, oh, and also the safeties are off. For, I don't know why, but the computer also decided to because, turn off the safeties. Because it, so if anybody dies in the hollow deck, exactly, the stakes go up. Yeah. So if anybody dies, they die permanently. What it was, um, at least for the the people who are in the buffer, is they explained it as, Garrick explains it as, if they die or Bashir, I think explains it. If they die in the holodeck program, the computer gets rid of that information. And so Mm -hmm. then we lose their physical pattern basically. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which makes sense that that, that's just up the stakes. I just like the extra step of the computer turning the safeties off for also the people in the, like Bashir and Garrick are also vulnerable. (laughs) Also die. As like (laughs) the holodeck's just like, and you know, for funsies, uh, you could also die. Very You could also die. Just, (laughs) Um, maybe because the safety here's my here's my headcanon for it is that the safety program keeping the holodeck like safeties in place is actually not part of the hollow suite it's actually another part of deep space nine and so when all that gets loaded up with their brain information uh-huh. it just stops working on a holodeck that's the only that's the safety explanation i have that's is fair that it's 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 just a segmented system that's fair well uh what'd you guys think of it i loved it yeah. that was great it's such a good episode I it's super fun. I kind of love it more than I did when I first saw it. Uh last night I watched Doctor No for the first time ever. I've like oh. I've never seen James Bond and I watched it with one of my buddies and I and then I watched this this morning again and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. I'm so glad that I watched that last night cuz you've never seen any James Bond movie. I've seen uh, Skyfall and that's it. And wow. yeah, my best friend is like a huge Bond person guy, so like um yeah, I'm going to watch him. And this is totally a, I would say, like a, a love letter to those early 60s yeah. campy James Bond movies versus like Skyfall, I feel is like, I mean, it still has elements of camp, but it's the Daniel Craig era is very much like we're very it's, serious. It's new, we're, yeah. It's cool. Serious spy movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, but I grew up on all the, the, the fake spoof spy movies. So I watched mm-hmm. like Naked Gun and Johnny English and like, Everything that was making fun of James Bond is what I watched, and I didn't watch James Bond ever. So I get all the tropes. Like, I totally get it without the source material, which is kind of fun. I I feel like that is a big thing within our generation. I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of people in our generation grew up on spoofs of original things. Like, I've talked to other people who are in similar camps of, like, the first time you ever see something is a spoof of something like Robin Hood men in tights being a spoof of Robin Hood. Right. So like I didn't see the original Robin Hood movie that it's based on. I just saw Robin Hood men in tights. So you you understand all these tropes that they're going for, but through like a comedic lens and not through Mm -hmm. like the seriousness that they were doing it with the original. Yeah. It's like having the concentrate before mm-hmm. you have the juice like you're, you're just getting the very rich like, parts of it without the, the full substance of yeah. the nutritional value of it it's delicious uh, which i think this episode this episode absolutely is of the lineage of spoofs uh it the reference of the name of the episode arman bashir is references arman flint which itself yeah. was a 1966 movie parodying james bond movies yeah so it's a parody of a parody or a reference of a parody, or maybe it's just saying, "Hey, signaling like this is a parody." This is yeah. We're yeah. This is our Bond episode. One of my favorite things about the episode is their uh, use of Garrick with Bashir. Audience. Yeah, but like as a spy himself, being thrown into this this like parody yeah. spy 1960s thing like yeah. Garrick's an actual spy and is having yeah. to like basically teach Bashir how to be a real spy in a fake spy situation but Bashir knows how to be here's the thing is like Bashir he knows his fantasy so like he knows these movies he's got it down 
And Garrick is like, this is bullshit. What is this shit? Like, you don't know what you're doing. Bashir's like, oh, trust me. I know what I'm doing because this is my fantasy. He like, knows the tropes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's seen, he's seen all the spoofs. Yeah. He knows all the spoofs. He knows the, the uh, I, I do like that. That like it's similar to Fistful of Data's in that sense, in that like you have to play the genre to succeed and keep the holodeck program going. Yeah. Uh, and but but like Bashir is enjoying it versus Worf like begrudgingly doing it in Fistful yeah. of Data's. Like I, Bashir is like really into I it. I honestly I think this does does it better than Fistful of Data's. As much as I love Fistful of Data's, everything about this like culminates so much better like storytelling wise for me. I would say, I would argue that Fistful of Data's walked so Armand Bashir could Exactly. Die. Right when this episode started, I was like, is this just Fistful of Data's? Like, did they, did they do the same shit? And but Which they, they do a lot in Star Trek. They do that a lot in Star Trek. They, they yeah, just do it's the, the same, same episode, yeah, with like a, a little twist where it's like, it's actually this technical thing and not that one. But it's the same uh, idea. A thing that I, I read while researching this episode is actually... During the run of Deep Space Nine, there was a uh, an order or like a moratorium on doing holodeck malfunction episodes because the Next Generation did it so often. Oh, really? So yeah, so uh, you like they were asking freelance writers to just not even bother pitching it. Uh, but oh, the writer of this episode, Bob Gillen, mm -hmm. who was an assistant script coordinator, Bob Dylan, he, uh, he's <laughs> Bob Gillen. Oh. <laughs> uh, as in like what gills as in what the fish used to breathe gills. uh they yeah um they sorry they pitched this and they they liked the transformer excuse me the transporter angle so much that they like let it pass and i think also everybody on the staff was excited about doing a holodeck episode a bond episode yeah hell yeah, yeah. totally and it's not even it's not even a uh transport it's not even like a holodeck malfunction it's a transporter malfunction that then like Gets has a holodeck, holodeck angle. That's kind of right? it's kind of nice that they like were like no holodeck episodes essentially because I feel like the best definitely you know bubbled to the top with this one where they're like this one's so good that like it's cool like it's fine we'll we'll, yeah. we'll do this one because it's awesome. <laughs> it got past the filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it's great. It's one of my one of my faves. Yeah, truly. Shall we? Should we? I would say definitely top two. So far, <laughs> it's probably in the number top one two. of two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of our ranking. Well, do you guys want to get a, like a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we we're, for the audience, we rank uh, these movies, the movies, these shows, um, based off episodes. of categories, and that's how we um, that's how we're gonna rate them all. So our categories are romance, action, suspense, stakes, camp, and dialogue. Let's start with uh, romance. Who boy. <laughs> this Who one is loaded. Boy, with yeah, loaded, jam-packed with romance. From like the very beginning, it's, it's got romance. Immediately. Like, yeah, in the cold open. Yeah. Uh, Bashir knocks out the bad guy and immediately there's uh, a lovely lady in a red dress. Yeah. He's uh about to make out with her. It's Garrick intrudes. <laughs> Class in classic Garrick form. He's so fucking annoying, man. Like, I love Garrick as a character, but goddamn, he is just like, he knows how to be that stick in your side. Where totally. he just shows oh, up and he's just a dick all the time. Total troll. Ugh. Complete and total troll. Yeah, even when in the even at the point where he's telling, like, Bashir that the girl's walking away, he, like, does it in a troll way, in, like, a trolley way. He's just yeah, like, yeah. he's like, oh, <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> Looks like I cockblocked you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wanted to tell you, I think your female friend is leaving or something. He says something <laughs> like that. Or like, uh, uh, and then like there's his uh, Bashir's personal valet. Mona loves it. Oh, uh, who God is, Mona. I mean, we're going to get to, we're going to get to the camp later, but like the name yeah. Mona loves it. It's just like, God, fantastic. Oh, God. The, I, uh, he, he checks her out too. That sounds like his employee. Uh, but like this year, like checks the. You could. This is. You know why this is Julian's fantasy program. This is yeah, his favorite program. He, this this would be Riker's fantasy program if Riker was a a Bond fan. Totally, because like Julian Bashir was the Riker of Deep Space Nine in the beginning. Yeah. He was like the horny Riker. It's horny yeah. Julian. Like, <laughs> absolutely super annoying. Uh, 
Uh, he and then like Kira comes in as Anastasia Komanov. Komanov. Her like Koma- passable AK. Russian accent. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like she's purposefully doing a very bad accent. I love. There's a moment uh, where she lays on the bed and she's like, "I wish I could help you relax," and like, like sprawls out, reaches back, yeah, and then pulls a folder like from behind her head oh, yeah. and that's what this, she was this, doing oh the camp is so good we're, we're doing camp and romance but i'm not i mean they all they're kind of they're kind of there but yeah um, it's so good oh she's having so everybody's having so much fun yeah and the uh, uh at the at the end when um when dax when he's tied up on the and the hot lava is about to come down and and bashir's like it's cool i got I got this. And and Garrick's like, God damn it. And he he like turns to her and is like, Could you take your glasses off? Like that's the one thing that I wish I wish he saw your beauty and not just your brain. And Garrick is like, God, what the fuck are you doing? It's, like And it's the reverse of what it's like, I wish you could see your brain and not just your beauty. Yeah. <laughs> but and then he's like, and maybe maybe let your hair down a little bit. Yeah. I just want to objectify you, and that's how he seduces how, her. Yeah, and Garrick, Garrick is like very much the audience in this situation where it's like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? This isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> this, Yeah, he's an obsidian order. It's like, that would never work for a Cardassian spy. Yeah, yeah. and that's the I'm thing is Garrick's tailor. the audience, but at the same time, he's an actual spy, and he's like, this would never fucking <laughs> work. <bullshit>. Like, <laughs> But Julian knows the romance is how you win the game. That's, that's totally. what it's all about. And Dax's name also, by the way, is Honey bear, is it? But B A R E. No way. Yeah, As, yeah. Uh, which I guess is a... uh, Doctor oh, Honey Bear. Doctor Honey Bear. <laughs> Doctor Honey Bear. God damn it! Oh man. Well, it's it's so fun. Uh, I, a side note is apparently around this time, Nana Visitor, who plays Kira mm-hmm. Naris, and Alexander Sadig, who plays Julian Bashir, mm-hmm. became romantically involved. Oh. And they, I think, later on in marriage. This time. They're married? Around this time. Or they got married? Yeah, they they got married, yeah. I don't believe they're oh, currently together. Interesting. Wild. But uh, yeah, the romance of this episode is so off the charts. It's truly off the charts. There's a lot of... Uh... So if we, had to, if we had to rate romance uh, oh. on a scale of one to five treks... Oh. Uh, <laughs> What do we, what do we give? What do we give in this this episode on a scale of one to five tracks? Dylan? Big old five for me. Big old five. Uh, if this isn't a five, I don't know what would yeah. be a five in in these. Totally. Yeah. This is. I'm so giving it a five as well. Five. So big old five. That's three. Big fives. old five tracks for romance. Um, yeah. The action, my friends. The action is. What do, I mean, it's top notch. The action's actually. good too. There, there's one scene where uh, Bashir like beats the shit out of some dude with Garrick, and it's actually pretty good. Like, it's kind of like it's as as good as like a '60s Bond movie. Well, yeah, and as good as like Trek, as like Deep Space Nine gets too, because like the action is like totally. always a little funky. But that was like kind of good. I was it's like, they surprised. got like a they got like a pretty good fight choreographer for like an episode, yeah. and we're like, uh-huh. oh yeah, sweet, yeah, yeah. Falcon, Falcon, played by Cole Meany uh, oh. or uh, slash O'Brien. I love who's him. just great uh, with the eye patch. He's I just wish so that good. O'Brien had an eye patch at all times. <laughs> There's one episode where he's like, they're like going into the hollow suite, and he's like, "Why do I always have to play the bad guy?" And they're like, "You're so good at it." And he's like, "But like, I don't want to be the bad guy anymore." And they're like, "No, no, no, you're fine. You're great. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be the bad guy." <laughs> It's the Irish uh, accent. And there's also like like really clever uh action, which is obviously inspired by James Bond. Like, well, for 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 one thing, the first shot of the entire episode is a man flying through glass. Oh shit, yeah, I, totally I love. forgot about I that. I love that sort of like in media race sort of action. Yeah. Uh and then like he sees the reflection of of pre O'Brien Falcon in, in the champagne bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and cool. turns around and shoots him with the cork. Yeah, and it hits him not, straight in the head. <laughs> Oh, uh, which is God. great it's so fun and it's just so in the genre and the tropes it's great yeah totally. i think it, i mean there's not a whole lot of action in this like thinking but the about action it it's there is yeah but the good. action that is there is like is really really good um, yeah it's not it's especially not at the beginning packed. no no let's but let's not forget they also blow up i mean this is not part of the holodeck section so i guess it doesn't count but the runabout blows up uh i'll just throw that out there uh, true yeah, the, that's true. Uh, 
But yeah, in terms of holodeck action, not a ton, but what's there is really fun. It's totally. good. How many treks do you think? How many treks do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it like 4.5. Oh. Oh. Because like I- there could be more action. And the action yeah. they have is great. But I'm going to just ding it just a little bit because I want That's a little fair. bit more action. I'm going to go with a five only because I don't think we're ever going to get more action in a Trek. Holodeck That's my episode. thing. Yeah. Like I'm already kind of like adjusting for inflation in terms of Trek content. Like there's not, there's never going to be like a JJ Abrams level of action. No. In unless, Star Trek. Unless we're watching totally Discovery. Unless we're watching <laughs> um, Discovery. And then. Right. Exactly. Uh, so I would, I would give this a five to mostly inflate it like it would be a four but the, the quality of it's so good that I, I give it a five so all right i yeah. agree i understand where you're coming from i do concur there darius cool suspense hmm. I, I think there's like there's a you don't know what the story is going like what what the holodeck is going to keep throwing like you're keep you keep wondering like whoa well like how is work going to show up in this episode or how is like how is cisco because it's not until like the last act that cisco is revealed to be the bad guy the bad guy she's so um, great and so weird cisco is very so very weird. weird uh so for me that it was an element of suspense how are they going to get out of it are they going to like how are they going to get everybody out of the holodeck. Like I actually didn't have a solution in mind. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen this episode. So uh, I think it's like reasonably sus- suspenseful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, you know the, the that the program itself was pretty suspenseful in just it's natural James Bondiness of like mm-hmm. holding things in suspense of how are they going to get yeah. out of the situation? Uh, so, yeah, I think the way that they, they do a really good, oh, go the ahead. way that they uh, tied the two stories together like shines a lot more than um fistful of datas for me and like they spend most of the time in the holodeck here and very minimal time back on the ship which is great because you get the suspense of the james bond story tied in with what is actually happening so it it makes those um suspenseful moments even more suspenseful I don't want to like Rich. go into stakes because that kind of like it does, you know, raise the stakes. There is a crossover for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree with you. But it's not like it's not like a suspense thriller. Like I'm not no. I'm not to the point of like on the edge of my seat because because I, no. I don't know what's coming next. So like no no, it, it's good, not great. Yeah, I, yeah, I I'd agree with that. It's like a I would I would I would rate that at like a three. Three or four. I give it. Yeah, I give it three treks. Three I'll give tricks. it three treks. I like three. three it's a good like middle tricks. of the road. Three treks. Three treks. Accessing Bajoran archives. Deep Space Nine. The Promenade. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Oh, Ensign Space. Nice of you to join us on the Promenade. What's up, Tom? Yeah. Hey, um, did you guys get an invite to go on this uh, this trip with with Cisco and uh, and Dax and them? No, I'm a cook. I just cook. I did receive an invitation. However, I had come down with a hmm, let's just say anxiety attack. Oh, fuck! You you received you received a, an invitation? God you got invited. Damn it. it is typical I... for Vulcans to be invited on diplomatic missions. However, I tend to not perform very well in those scenarios, so I turned it down. Why would you even want to go on that ship? It, like, exploded. And, you you know, that doesn't sound like a a good time to me. Yeah, except for if I was on that ship, I would have got some serious one-on-one time with Cisco. And I feel like Cisco and me could be really great friends if he just gave us a chance. And so I didn't even get a chance to be on that ship. I would have loved to get my body pattern stuck in the holodeck and be involved in Julian Bashir's cool holodeck program. But I didn't even get that chance. You gotta relax. By my man. calculations, Tom, there was not there would not have been enough data on the entire space station to contain all of the command staff's 
neural pathways and yours. Oh, great. I'll be the martyr. At least I'll get a chance to hang out with Commander Sisko, and maybe he'll man. come to my funeral, and we'll be best friends. You got that weird obsession with Sisko, man. I don't... I don't think it's healthy. We both like baseball. We both like baseball. Yeah, that is the only point of commonality you have with the captain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, how many people like baseball, huh? I do. As you know, Vulcans are very large fans of baseball. Not, Huge not fans. Not the point. That's not that's not the point. Me and Cisco could be Anyways, how's how's your guys week going? Uh pretty awful. Um I can't cook anything because my spatulas have been disappearing. And you know I exclusively cook with spatulas. I don't I cannot use any other utensil. Hmm. I'm not quite sure what to do. I'm sorry, dude. That sucks. Yeah. It blows. It is possible I may have borrowed a few of your spatulas and other various cookware. Lopec, are you you stealing my spatulas? Is that what's going on right now? Well, as you know, in the Federation, there is no such thing truly as ownership. Okay, Uh, all right. Yeah, well, I need them to make food, so why are you taking them? What are you doing with them, Lopec? What are you doing with the spatulas? Well, the power couplings, for one thing, needed a new connector, and instead of requisitioning them from Starfleet, which would take upwards of two to three weeks for them to come in from Deep Space 3, I figured why not just skip that and use one of your... The the material is sound. Yeah. Nog does it. Nog, Nog, Nog is... That doesn't make it okay. Little Ferengi freak. Wait. Sorry, man. Wait, is that why... Is that why... Is that why I found a spatula in my... In my quarters the other day when I took that panel off? I asked you to fix my replicator, not... And put spatulas in my wall. Lopec? At times, fixing a replicator calls for using a spatula. It is logical to use a material that is effective. Oh, yeah, but it's... And not to wait. It's not made for that. It's made for me flipping burgers on the, on the griddle, man. Well, is Tom Space's favorite food not a hamburger? And when he replicates, is it not a hamburger usually? In a way, the spatula is serving its purpose. All right. Yeah, but that does. But that means I can't come. I can't come down to to the promenade and grab a burger and try to you know make conversation with Cisco Captain over Cisco. a sweet yes. burger. Exactly, my okay. sweet burger. Oh wait, there's Captain like Cisco. To I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go bump into him out in front of the clothing store. I'll see you guys later. Low peck. I'm I'm gonna go find my goddamn spatulas, Low. You, you got any hints for me, pal? Uh, there are four panels on this deck alone that has spatulas in them. God damn it. Um, stakes. Well, the stakes are high, my guys. The stakes are high in my I opinion. think the stakes this, are high yeah. sheerly because if they don't figure this out, Literally all the commanding officers on Deep Space Nine are dead. <laughs> like <laughs> all of them. And then like and Odo's gonna have to write that report of like Um, so the ship blew up, they got stuck in a James Bond holodeck program, and uh they all died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the best maybe the best possible thing for Starfleet in this situation is if they hadn't saved them because then Starfleet would have really gotten their shit together and realized that they can't send all of the commanding officers <laughs> on the same runabout. We have to stop doing this guys. Yeah. And also why did they take a runabout when like there's the defiant also, which is just a little bit harder. I bet to sabotage then uh, you need a bigger a crew. You need a bigger crew to do defiance. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And they're all, you know, yeah. partying at, at quarks. They can't be bothered to do whatever <laughs> all the commanding officers are doing on a runabout. I guess, so going off of stakes, if they had all died, Julian yeah. Bashir would probably be like one of the higher ranking officers on Deep Space Nine <laughs> after that point. Meaning, He's the highest ranking Starfleet officer, I think. Uh, Odo would be the highest ranked, person. I guess, Bajoran yeah, yeah, person. Man, so could you Bashir? imagine Julian Bashir running Deep Space Nine until they sent oh. a... Replacement. It'd be awesome. They would immediately send a replacement. It would be so awesome. Could you, yeah, a Bashir run Deep Space Nine. Whoa. Truly a party with like expert medical attention also. It's like, hey, you can go have a crazy time in the Hollow Suite, but also like if you get hurt, 
There's like a bunch of stuff here that I think Bashir know. would have survivor's guilt, and I think he would be spending a lot more time <laughs> in the Hollow Suites. If there is one thing about Julian Bashir, it is that he loves guilt. Like he's, <laughs> he loves it. I, Very, uh, I love to his imagine, entire character is just guilt. I love to imagine like they all died. He didn't. Him and Garrick are still alive, and he goes in the Hollow Suite and writes a Hollow Suite program that reenacts this whole thing every single time just so he can see his friends again. And like he he comes out of the hall suite and is just like crying always. And Cork is like, you need to leave, man. Like you are da- you are big downer right now. I imagine he would recreate this this holodeck episode like this thing so that he could try to figure out what he could have done in the situation to actually save How his could friends. he have like yeah he turned <laughs> well, and- into one of those people like and he never would have been able to, because at the end, uh, Cisco's like, well, the last thing to do is kill you, even though you've helped me. And it's like that thing of like, oh, he's always going to try to kill him. Like nothing. Yeah, that's, that you, his, that's his character's program. Yeah, that's literally the goal of his character is to kill Bashir. So uh, <laughs> I will I will note like, why can't they just they freeze the program? Why can't they just slow it down? Like there are these like little holodeck things that you think would be well, Garrick. Because I know they can't. Go Garrick ahead. tries to do that. Get, um, at that point where he like pulls the gun on him, Garrick is like, "Let's just pause it." Like, and and Bashir's like, "No, dude. If we fuck with anything, we don't know what's gonna happen." Oh, right, like, right, if, right. It's like we, if we slow it down, it'll mess up the path. Yeah, like we we don't know what's gonna happen if we. You don't want to give do the computer anything. any chance to like delete change anything yeah it's like pulling out uh, a thumb drive while you're transferring files or saving data yeah like they probably could have done it but there's that slight chance that you're gonna corrupt corrupt the file yeah 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 gotcha okay that makes sense that makes sense in a very lampshady way (laughs) i think the stakes are pretty high though in that sense yeah i mean bashir even pulls a gun on garrick at one point because garrick's like fuck this. You know what? It's been great, but I'm not going to die in magma. I've not going to keep doing this. We've we've there, there have been too many close calls. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. As a spy, there's a point where you have to call it quits. That's how I survived this long. So fuck off, Julian. <laughs> well, there's the point at the beginning <laughs> of the so episode when they first find out this happened that Garrick tells Bashir he's like as an actual spy, you might have to choose which one of your friends you have well, to kill in order to save the rest of them. Because he wants, right at the beginning, Garrick's like, uh, just kill O'Brien. Yeah, just shoot him. And Garrick's like, or um, Bashir's like, dude, what? Relax. Like, we don't need to kill anyone right now. So I think we can work this out where everybody stays alive. And Garrick's like, but it would, like, just go and kill him and then you don't have to worry about anybody. Because Garrick, Garrick yeah. sees the, the program being like, their programming is to kill you, Bashir. And so, yeah. like, you might have to kill one of these people in order to save the rest of them. Mm-hmm. High stakes. That's high stakes right off Very the bat. Very high stakes. This is a, a big one for me. And Garrick teaches Bashir that sometimes you might have to kill your friend, and that friend might be you, Garrick. Your neck. Your weird neck. So Bashir shoot, shoots him in his weird neck, and he, <laughs> Garrick's like, what if you'd miss? It's like, what made you think... That I wasn't. I love that line, by the way. And I know this like, is like kill going you. straight into dialogue in camp, but like when he when he shoots him and and uh, Garrick is like, "Well, looks like there might be hope for you yet. Lead the way." <laughs> <laughs> He's like so into it. It's like you've earned my respect. Let's wrap up yeah. stakes real quick, and then we can move into camp and dialogue. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't see how this is not a five. It's a five. Like the stakes are very high. Big time. Yeah. For me. I, I'm I'm a I'm a five in this one. Big time five. Um campy camp camp. Campy camp camp camp. <sighs> I mean, we've already touched on it, but Mona loves it. Dude. Honey bear. <laughs> well, that's like I mean, that's like a trope in, in in James Bond. Yeah. All the like the women's names are just like so ridiculously stupid. Honey bear <laughs> loves it. Also, like uh, camp wise, the a lot of the action was campy, like shooting up a, a cork at a guy. In oh, order yeah. to like super you know, cheesy, take him out. Like I love super it. cheesy, like yeah, yeah campy. And action. when uh, going up, what I said earlier, when uh, Kira like sprawls back and then 
gives him the folder. There's another moment like after that where she just like goes to like her left or right and just grabs a fold. She's got folders everywhere. I know she produces another <laughs> folder. And it's like, where was that on the bed? Yeah, what the where fuck? are all these folders? Yeah. It's like she hides these and- folders in certain areas so that she can like <laughs> make it seem like she's going to be sexy. But Do then, like, like a sexy nope, thing to, yeah, to grab work the work. She's like, I wish I could relax you, but I'm here on business. <laughs> Oh man, uh, it's so fun. It's very fun. And silly. And Bashir, all of Bashir's like cheesy catchphrases are pretty incredible. Uh one of my favorite moments in this whole movie or this whole show is this whole epi- one of my favorite moments in this whole episode is when uh he's playing cards with um Worf. Worf. Yeah, and slash he, Duchamp. Yeah, and he's like, It'll cost you uh five million francs. And Bashir's like, okay. And he like gives him a hundred francs or whatever. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, here's my five million francs right in front of you. And then it cuts to Garrick. And Garrick's face is like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> he's like really like excited about this whole, like he's in it. He's watching Casino the movie. Casino Royale yeah, situation. Yeah. He's like watching the movie and he's like, oh, Bashir just like laid the smack down. Ooh, this is exciting. Bashir, Bashir's going to take his money and then give it back to Warp. Give it back to Warp. Whoa, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, emasculating. Right, he's so yeah. suave. Uh, it's so good. Uh, there's there's so many little things. Like, there's that earring grenade that Bashir had gifted uh, uh, Anastasia coming on and off. Oh, yeah. She's like, eating. He's like, right. Grabs it, throws it, <laughs> explodes it. Oh, uh, <laughs> That's... The cigar gadget that Worf uses to like uh, make them all go to sleep. The fainting yeah, powder, the which I think powder. is a Bond reference, like explicit Bond is reference. It? But I think it's like a cigarette in a Bond oh, movie. Oh, okay. yeah. That's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a um, super good time. Uh, the, all of Cisco's slash Dude, Noah's yeah. plans. He's He wants to, he's going to create like a million earthquakes <laughs> to to cover the earth in the oceans. So that he can repopulate the planet from his island, which is the Himalayas. Cisco's performance is classic weird Cisco also, where like I love it when he gets oh, all yeah. hyped up and weird and like he's got that kind of high pitched voice of like <laughs> and he does this, these like weird like shakes and and I can't tell if he's bad or like that's just him. When I first started watching Deep Space Nine, I did not like Cisco's acting. Like yeah. And I that's pretty common. And I yeah. don't know if it's like Dylan was saying, I don't know if it's like I've gotten used to it or he just wasn't like in he, like he wasn't comfortable with the character yet. And now that he's more comfortable with the character, his acting's better. Yeah. Like, I can't tell. You can't tell if it's grown on you or it's just bad. But I love it. Like, yeah. I love it. Like, yeah, I great. love it. <laughs> he does a lot of weird things. And I think this his performance in this is like the epitome of like weird him and i love it it's kind of too bad that avery brooks never was an actual bond villain honestly uh, uh, yeah <laughs> honestly when he showed up with the the whole look i was like yeah i'm in this is cool yeah. i totally i totally buy this my favorite uh cisco like acting moment is uh in all the uh mirror universe episodes of deep space nine where like yeah. there's the mirror universe cisco and this just is like classic, like Cisco acting. Yeah. So like this, like mirrors the mirror universe episodes with his acting for sure. So good, super hokey. There's so many musical cues in this episode mm-hmm. that uh, the composer again was Jay Chataway, who did the Fistful, Fistful. of Data's episode, oh, whoa. and he was actually nominated for an Emmy for this episode. What? Wow. Really? Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he kills it. He hits the Bond thing without like you know copyright shit he does a great oh, job totally. i mean like they get real close like during a fight sequence it's all that jazzy fighting music yeah. and then like later when uh terry farrell uh excuse me dax slash honey bear she like lets down her hair the jazz is playing yeah <laughs> and then like the final sequence where they're escaping the laser there's like a jazzy remix of the deep space nine theme is there really did you guys catch at that the end? it's just like it's a 
No, it's like it's like when uh, Bashir and Garrick are like escaping from like right oh, after they yeah, had the yeah. conversation. It starts playing a jazzy version, like a James Bondy version of the Deep Space Nine. Theme. Oh, that's so great! It's really fun, uh, and I, I think it's one of my favorite parts of the episode. Uh, is just how the music works so well in the genre, but still has like a Star Trek element to it. Totally. Oh yeah. So if we're gonna give we're gonna give Treks on camp. What what's our camp Treks? One to five. Six, five. six, six out of five. Yeah, yeah, five point five. Fives across the board. I feel like I think so. I feel like camp's gonna win out every time because it's hard to watch Trek and not be like, this is I don't know. Like, I I feel fun. like camp won't win out all the time, but it's gonna be hard not to. Yeah, truly. When they do it well, oh, yeah, so wonderful. So that's fives across so the board for camp for sure. Yeah, dialogue. Easy. I like that. This is slightly off topic, but I like that Worf is kind of taking a back seat in this episode. He's just kind of the muscle. <laughs> yeah. When when is Wolf ever Worf ever just the muscle? Wolf. <laughs> I almost call him Wolf. When does Worf just like give it up and not make it about himself? Like <laughs> never. It's always about him. It's always gotta be about Worf. Worf is about yeah, Worf. Always. <laughs> I am Mr. Noah's associate. Dialogue. Oh man. Dialogue. Dialogue. Speaking of dialogue. <sighs> There's one line that Cisco says when he's about to kill Bashir and he like goes right up to the camera and he says something to the effect of like, but I'm not that kind of bad guy or something. And then he turns around and he's about to shoot him and Bashir's like, wait, no. And I was like, I've definitely seen that before. Like, that's such a classic like line of like, it's not this isn't this kind of movie. And then like turn around and shoot somebody. <laughs> great, great. line, So good. There's also this weird part where like, his programming is confused because Bashir uses like he just executes his plan he executes noah's plan to destroy the world mm -hmm. and the the pro the program is like uh yeah it all worked out but somehow i didn't expect to win so all that's <laughs> left is for me to kill you yeah. <laughs> which is like a wonderful like I, i've never seen a spoof of a james bond movie or a, a parody of it where they actually did this sort of subversion of like fuck it I guess the bad guy's plan wins. Maybe we <laughs> yeah. just blow up the planet. To like lean into it. Garrick actually has some really fun lines. Oh, he's like, got so Garrick always has uh, fun lines though. Like yeah, the way he's, he's and the, the way the actor, I don't know who the actor is that plays Garrick. I should have looked this up. But the way he plays Garrick, the way he talks, he can make any line kind of a fun line. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's so much fun. And that line when he gets shot and is so excited he's like well lead the way it's so good uh it's andrew robinson uh which we, we should i should have known beforehand uh but yeah he's especially since garrick is iconic i think he's one of the best mm -hmm. characters in d space nine uh but i just love that yeah. he's also like he's a tailor spy totally so like he when he first like dresses up to go to i oh think it was winter God, in hong yeah. kong he's like I'm not too sure about the collar. Like, I love that he's always still got like a tailor's still sensibility. worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> or when, so when they, good. when they're in the Himalayan place, he's like another decorator's nightmare. This era had a distinctive lack of taste. <laughs> he's, <very> like... <laughs> he's a spy, but he's like so entrenched in his, his like role, which is just great. When, when uh, Noah's talking about blowing up the planet, they're like, you're crazy. And he's like, the quakes are only a minor side effect. <laughs> like <laughs> a side effect a... of his plan. <laughs> yeah, that's the side effect of taking over, the, killing the whole world. Just relax. It's cool. Earthquake, no big deal. Oh, when Bashir is seducing Dax, like, that's the last thing I want to remember before I die. And she just says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so touched. She's like, oh, thanks. I'm glad you wanted to look at me before you you die so good you just activated uh, the final laser sequence it's all so <laughs> i mean the dialogue it just built into the camp it's it's so yeah good. it's hard not to like talk about both of those at the same time totally it's like if we're gonna give they're pretty much if we're gonna give ratings on dialogue what do we what do we got i'm gonna go with a four four yeah yeah any any yeah. reason why they don't get the extra point for five um, I don't know. I feel like no. You just don't. You just don't want to give this episode like I a runaway can't. lead. 
right off the bat. It's it already has a runaway lead. We've already given like five to everything except like one thing. So I thought I'd just maybe go with a four. Four point five. I'll do the four point five. Right. I would say maybe Bashir's line like Bashir could have role played a little bit harder. Uh like he still <laughs> seems a little tentative, but that being said, what? all the all the all the supporting characters for me. So Jan, Killing what's your it. make it a make it a I, I would say a five. Five, cool. Big time. Yeah. Look, there's a there's sometimes there are clear winners. I think five. I think yeah, five for this sure one's for definitely me, so yeah. This one's right off the boot. Big time winner. Yeah, that's great. Super Big fun. time winner. Okay. All right. Well, well um, that's all the that's all of our categories. What what is the ranking? What's the average ranking for this one? All right, let me do my calculations. It's probably what, like a four four five. No, we can't this one. we can't just don't we can't just guess. <sighs> this is the science. Fine. Our final score is four point six one, which puts it a full like point. 1.3 ahead of Fistful of Datas. Oh shit. This one's going to be tough to tough to uh to beat. Overcome. Yeah, to beat, honestly. Yeah, it has the lead right now. Uh, and I I don't know. I don't I can't think of many episodes that would come close. Huge lead. I know. That's what I'm worried about. Like I'm worried this is just going to be the 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 best one but that we ever get. We never know. Like this Not is only the second episode, as, right? As of now, this is the best holodeck episode we've ever seen ever i'd like ever. to like cap things off with maybe like a little bit of trivia that we may not have addressed cool throughout the episode yeah hit uh, it yeah yeah uh it was also emmy nominated for best hairdressing which uh honestly okay. Okay. i didn't really notice but i it looked good everything looked good so i guess like everyone's a good got job. good hair yeah they got good hair yeah uh, uh, apparently they had to create all like the the machines, the props and stuff, the 1960s stuff for this oh, episode. Oh yeah, the big uh, the big wall that pulls up when Cisco's like, oh I get ahead of myself sometimes, and he like <laughs> reveals his plan, and the wall just comes up and spins around. We so. didn't, yeah, we didn't even talk about this during the episode, but like there are so many, so campy, but like so many revolving doors and opening, like it's so fun. It's yeah. great. Uh, um oh yeah so after this episode aired mgm actually sent a like a stern letter to yeah yeah, to the producers saying like they can't like this was way too close to james bond like it's it's not like they basically like we'll sue you if you do this that's so annoying it is james all right like where they just come on yeah that's what the the fuck it's kind of the point Yeah, and they, and like, they just had come out like right after Goldeneye, I guess. So uh, maybe okay. they were like trying to revive the franchise and were concerned about that. But yeah, so when this the original plan was to do a bunch like a series of episodes <gasps> of Bash- of like Bashir as Bond, basically. Yeah, but uh, because oh. of that, they chose not to. And I think the next time it shows up, it's a little bit less specific. So MGM, uh, I'm less, so like, MGM is the, is the pieces of shit. That made it. That yeah, we didn't get more Arman Bashir episodes in Deep oh Space Nine. Oh my god, I'm so pissed right now. We could yeah. have had so many good Bashir Bond episodes. Oh, That's what happens when business like people are are in charge. Their of noses, things. like, <sighs> yeah, who, who's not gonna go see a James Bond movie because they saw a Deep Space Nine episode that was like did did it for them? Also, how Me, did they? Just, I'm that. Person. How did they? Re, how did they not realize <laughs> that? That's just like free advertising. Like it's absolutely it's straight up just advertising. People watch this and they go, "Oh, I want to watch a Bond movie now." Like I do. Yeah, I want to watch Doctor No now. Come on. Oh, I want to. I I just want to watch more Star Trek. So I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> well, about. One of, this made me like Star people? Trek more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I saw the trailer for the new James Bond and I was like, you know what? I think I just want to watch Armin Bashir instead. Definitely don't want to watch that Bond. Like I'm gonna stuff. pay for a ticket to go see. No time to die. And then I'm going to sit in the movie theater and I'm going to pull up my iPad and I'm going to bring up Armin Bashir. Watch. And I'm going to watch Armin Bashir <laughs> on an iPad in the movie theater as No Time to Die comes on screen. It's pretty, it feels like James Bond is a ripoff of Armin Bashir. Yeah, take that's that. what that's really what's happening. Whenever I watch a James Bond movie, I think, like, man, this is so shamelessly ripping, <laughs> ripping off that 
1997 episode <laughs> <laughs> or deep space <laughs> or 1995 i don't know what year but 1995 i think yeah uh it's like i've seen i've seen the the parody of Armand bashir in james bond but like i didn't get a chance yeah. to watch Armand bashir before i saw the parody yeah. It. <laughs> it kind of ruins yeah i get what you're saying it's like you got the concentrate version of our man bashir yeah they even did the last name thing too and bashir's like bashir Julian Bashir. They did it with James Bond. It Shameless. just doesn't work. It doesn't yeah, really work with the no. Bond thing. Well, it's also James Bashir's Bond, Julian Bashir, JB, JB. I know. Oh. Like, come on. Whoa. They I never really actually realized that. That's yeah, they could they, they could have been a lot more subtle, those yeah. uh, those MGM guys. Fucking James Bond. Uh, it took nine days to film this episode instead of the normal seven because they had to like make all the sets and do everything from the bottom from 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 scratch. That's probably why this is a, a little bit better than Fistful of Datas. Yeah, they, they didn't like all the western all. stuff in one day. <laughs> yeah. And this took like a long ass like a pretty good Well, I'm sure. Time. I'm sure if they had a James Bond set already for them that they could use in one day, they would have shot it in one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true, but there's so many different like settings yeah, for totally. this Bond episode. Like you're going you know it's like that the when they go on to the the original enterprise that episode where like they are going around all these different sets and places and stuff you know yeah that's cool yeah uh yeah that's all i got yeah the dude. director of this episode we never mentioned was uh Vinrick colby and he's directed like 30 plus star trek episodes uh so they, they definitely okay. got somebody with a lot of experience uh he was uh, I think he got a Hugo nomination for All Good Things, the series finale of TNG. So definitely oh, cool. an experienced hand, and it really yeah. shines through this. Yeah, cool. but it was a great time. I had a, a blast watching it. And as of right now, again. it's the best holodeck episode of all time. Of all time. Guys, thank you so much for... <laughs> <laughs> for joining me uh, watching our man Bashir we actually have a for joining we, we have an Instagram if you guys want to follow the Instagram it's Trek yeah, to the Holodeck uh, we... we'll be sharing things to it so yeah check it out thanks and, for uh, listening also stay tuned after the credits hint hint oh winky wink wink what if there's just <laughs> nothing after the credits <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say Julian Bashir secret agent We'll return. <laughs> no, MGM said no to that. Oh, no, never mind. I take it back. No, we can't do it. Not, not allowed. Okay. Subscribe to Trek to the Holodeck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other Alpha Quadrant podcast sites. You can receive Trek to the Holodeck updates on Instagram, Twitter, and other subspace networks. The voice of the Trek to the Holodeck computer is provided by Verona Blue. Intro and outro music by Artist Bodyline, available now on Bandcamp and used with permission from Midwest Collective. Trek to the Holodeck is a fan podcast celebrating Star Trek. It has no affiliation with Viacom CBS or any other Star Trek rights holders. 